Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, the place for modern women who are waking up to the truth of who they are. I'm your host, Sarah Poet. Women are healing from outdated paradigms and we are rising, and we're not doing it by further fighting or depleting ourselves anymore. We do it by remembering who we are and standing in that truth. Here, we remember together through stories, tools, and curiosity. We infuse the sacred with the logic, spirit with embodiment, feminine with masculine. And here we strengthen by becoming sovereign and whole. In doing so, we bring forward the place of women in our modern world. Visit sarahpoet.com today to find my archive of episodes, grab your free download of Masculine Feminine Money, and schedule your 15-minute discovery call with me to identify your next steps for your sacred remembering journey. I love supporting you. Now, let's begin. Hello and welcome to the Sacred Remembering Podcast, episode 104. If this is your first episode, welcome. There is a an entire catalog for you to return to and listen to more episodes. And if you are returning, welcome back. Thank you for being here, everyone. Today's guest is Madeline Moon, and I'll read Maddie's bio in a moment. Um, Maddie is a return guest. Thank you for coming back, Maddie. And um, always love conversations with Maddie. She's a wealth of knowledge, and um, she's, she's very alive. And so you will hear that in the episode today uh, we just recorded. And this is the first episode that Maddie's done in like five months, the first interview she's given anyone in a really long time. So I didn't realize that before today, but that feels really special and beautiful. And um, before we dive in. Um, I want to share a couple of things that are going on with you. Um, be sure to come back next week, uh, right before Christmas. Um, I'm releasing an episode on Mother Mary and Miraculous Conception um, with Marguerite Rigoloso. Uh, she's a PhD who has studied miraculous conception um, across the, um, the the history and the world and um, is really renowned on that topic. So please come back for episode 105 next week. Um, also, if you are one of the last minute signups for Structure and Flow, you can still do that to join our New Year's cohort that is um, starting January 2nd and Structure and Flow is a 90-day it's a planner but it is also a time and energy optimization system um, that also really reveals some deep psyche truths along the way and it's very magical like that. 
And it also helps you to really recognize what's going on with inner feminine and inner masculine. So um, you don't have to know anything about inner feminine and inner masculine before doing it. And if you're new to it, structure and flow is such a a wonderful place to step in. Um, The women who have used it have um, experienced a lot of that inner feminine and masculine um, integration, as well as increased boundaries and optimization of energy. So I love structure and flow. I've used it myself on and off for two years. Um, So 90 day system is opening for January 2022. And then after that, I have um, fall in love with the king coming back. And that is a six month journey for women to heal the relationship uh, with the masculine on all levels. So um, it is my pleasure to be bringing that forward for you. And um, I don't think that Maddie and I said in the episode where to find her. I do say it in the bio, but I'm going to say here as well. Her Instagram is at Madeline Moon. And please, if you don't know this woman, please go to her Instagram and look at um, what she's doing. For the last year, she's been making reels to teach about the concepts that we're going to talk about today, um, about feminine and masculine polarity, um, and yeah, making art in relationships, you know, in those places where you would ordinarily try to have a really heady conversation or, you know, want your partner to be emotional with you and and things like that, that just kind of like zaps all of the hotness out of your relationship. Um, Maddie is really doing some really beautiful, really, um, I would say like advanced or like ahead of time, like it's, it's leadership, um, level, action, um, and, and information and education in the world, what she's bringing forward. She's really asking us to, um, go beyond the trauma affiliations that so many of us carry with the gender and, um, lean into creativity. And so as you can feel, you know, if, if you've got something going on relationally, you want deeper connection. Um, I, I do work with couples and right there when you want deeper connection, but you're experiencing, Ah, you're experiencing conflict, there's usually a closure in the energy. There's usually a closure, um, a contraction. And so Maddie is here to teach us one way to open and open to love and open to expression and to union. So without further ado, here we go with Madeline Moon. Today's guest is Madeline Moon. Maddie is what you would get if a tantrika made love to a comedian. She's a devoted teacher and ecstatic for love and the host of the top 50 ranked U.S. podcast, Mind Body Musings. Her soul, being both quite old and quite young, allows her to access wisdom beyond the present society and to catalyze it into digestible earthly knowledge for modern women and men. Madeline's desire is to spread sacred union, showing people how to unite one's innate feminine along one's innate masculine. Her work and story has been featured in hundreds of podcasts, as well as various publications such as BBC, The Huffington Post, Teen Vogue, Thought Catalog, Nylon Magazine, The Daily Mail, Vice, 
greatest men's health people and ABC News Nighttime. Find out more at maddiemoon.com or on Instagram at Madeline Moon. Hi, Maddie. Welcome back to the Sacred Remembering Podcast. Hi. Thank you so much for having me back on. Yeah. Thanks for saying yes. I understand this is your first podcast conversation in a while. You were saying so. Thank you for saying yes. Yeah. it's it's. I've had my show for about eight years and I realized how I, I have never taken a break. So I needed about like five months, I think is what I've taken. And it's been really nice, but it's, it's good to be back on this platform. I enjoy it. Yeah. Awesome. I, I love conversations. <laughs> I love conversations and having good conversations and, um, and modeling inquiry for people. Um, so it sounds like that's what we're going to do today. And I want to say too, you were on the sacred remembering podcast. I looked it up. It was episode 34 and we talked about, um, building business with flow. Mm, yeah. Oh my gosh. I didn't know it was episode 34. That's like my one of my luckiest numbers 34 and 22 Ooh. so it's really sweet Ooh. <laughs> yeah. yay <laughs> yeah awesome we recorded that like in the spring of 2020 so um yeah folks can check that out as well um but i want I want to actually read to you one of your own Instagram <laughs> quotes <laughs> as our launching off point, um, because your Instagram uh, is is just so phenomenal, mm. <laughs> everything you're doing there. But this photo came across the feed of you in this like gorgeous gold dress, uh, holding this dress out. And, and I was like, Ooh, that's got ISIS energy all over mm. it. <laughs> wow. Mm. Woman. Um, but your caption just, it was like where I was at the time. Um, and so I, I would love to read it and then talk about longing with you. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Yeah. Do. Okay. So this is like a quote, you're asking, how can I hold my longing when I want a man so badly and I feel that I'll be single forever? And then you reply, love, even when you get a partner, you'll still be longing. It's the epitome of the feminine. She is a well of longing, a never ending infinity sign of yearning. The answer is to create art and the best art comes from the longing because it is because it is one of those gut-wrenching emotions that brings you closer to God. No amount of filling can truly soothe that longing that arises from the spring of your womb. You may still attempt to soothe it with chocolate and shopping and dates and beautifying your body, and these things are all, in fact, delicious. But the real answer is to create from your longing not to fill or to hush the longing. It's from your longing that something new emerges, like Venus rising out of the water or Phoenix from the flames. Painful longing is like a painful childbirth, except the child is the art, your art, however you define it. Know that your practice of feeling, moving, and creating from your longing is the practice forever. And it's not a practice that you do until you find him. It's a practice of being relational. You're not actually looking for the one. You're longing to be reunited with God, your greatness, and your first lover. 
So, and then you go on to talk about jealousy as well. But I wasn't like longing for the one when I read that post, but I had had a beautiful experience with a man that I knew wasn't (laughs) the one, right? But it sparked the longing for um, the, like something deeper, like a feeling of something deeper. And, um, and interestingly, this person makes music and, and there was something, and actually like in my history, like loving men who loved music. And, and I think it's because like, I could see the men feeling something deeply when they were loving the music, you know? Um, and so I was looking at this and looking at the the teacher that this, you know, little blip in time was. Um, and and I realized what I wanted was to play music mm-hmm. <laughs> or like to feel the thing that had sparked that I thought was through him. But I started to realize this thing of longing. And then when I, I think it was like, I read that word and I was like, that's the word. (laughs) Mm -hmm. That's the word that this thing is. Um, And then I went on this whole thing about like creativity and making art. So, and you do the, you're all about making art. So um, can we talk about longing and art? Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's yeah. beautiful. I'm I love so much that you resonated with that post and I, I followed your journey a little bit after that, like watching your stories. I don't watch too many stories like period at all these days, but I, I remember I was watching a few of yours and I I was just feeling the essence of art emerging from you a little bit more after that. And I really love what you're pointing to in relationship, the one that you experienced was it wasn't actually about the, the, I mean, sometimes it is about wanting the person and sometimes it's about what the person brought into your life. And I think this is such a, this isn't necessarily the conversation of art. It can stem from it, but this is something different about relationships that I discovered a few years ago when I, I just started, I realized like the, the little things in relationship that I started to miss from that guy that I dated for two months. And I was like, why is, why am I so greatly affected by this person who I barely know no longer being in my life? I'm going to miss the, the wine, the wine collection that he had that we would pick out what to drink each night or Like I would miss the way that he would have dinner parties with his friends and invite me over to a couple of them or his meticulousness with decorating his living room in a certain kind of way. And I started to realize that these were, these were the things that these men I were, I was dating, they were showing me these new pieces of my life that I just didn't learn about growing up. I didn't learn about wines. I didn't learn about like, the value of making dinner with your friends once a week. I didn't learn about this kind of design. And it's so cool. We can start to realize that the people that we date are bringing in new, it sounds so simple saying, but I just never thought about this before a couple of years ago. They're bringing in new like pieces of culture and we get to 
bring in the pieces that we love about those people that we date over and over and over and over again. Every single person you date, you have these new pieces you can start to put into your life. So I realized to these people like, oh, I, I really love studying wines and I want to start buying myself some specialty wines. I don't need to have somebody else who does that, that I'm looking for. I want to be that, or I want to have friend gatherings with dinner or play music. Like you said, I just think that's a really beautiful thing about relationship is learning other people's fascinations. And then once your relationship, you know, it ends, if it's a short one or a long one, you get to then embed that into your life, the things that you loved about them become that. They're like little teachers in in many ways, but that's one of the really sweet ways that I think relationships are teachers. Yes, absolutely. I love that piece about culture. And yeah, we're talking about culture and art. And the shadow side of this is that we can project... (laughs) almost like the permissions um, that we want to maybe give ourselves. And I think this probably ties to the, to the art piece. And so I'm Mm -hmm. looking at my history with, with men and, you know, one I fell for really hard (laughs) was about boldness. Like he, I saw how bold he was being and that, uh, was really attractive to me, but it was at a time in my life where it would have served me to be more bold, but I was almost just like projecting that onto this external masculine, or maybe it could be argued I had attracted it because um, it was that desire um, of the masculine and, and desire of my own life. And like you say in that post, like my desire of God like of my inner masculine and of God, um, the, the boldness, the, the creativity, the, um, you know, a a man who really loved my words, like, um, encouraged me to be a writer, you know, those kinds of things. Like it feels really nice because those are the permissions that I wanted for myself. And then there's this like external that's saying, yes, be that. (laughs) Yes, I'll be bold for you, (laughs) you know, and um, it can certainly be limiting, I think, to like, maybe feels nice to find that in the external, but if it's a substitute for what's going on internally, um, it it can be stifling. Mm -hmm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, the the projections that we do often lead to the clinging and the holding on to a relationship because you're looking, not to say that you did this, but just something that I see quite often with people that are holding on to things is that they're afraid once that person leaves, like that essence, that energy is no longer going to be in their life. And that is true to some extent, that person's essence will no longer be in your life but what you're seeing is a reflection of the essence that's all around you're just being delivered a vessel that has that particular flavor available to you but it's not any stories that we create around around that person being any one particular way or that person being your source for that energy that you're wanting 
is, is, is confining. It's confining to yourself and it takes away the empowerment that you have at your fingertips for making art, making art. So that's really what my, my core teaching is these days. I teach something called creativity and love. And so I, I try to help people turn their triggers, aka their drama, into art so that it can be their dharma. Because I think your drama is actually highlighting the things in your life that you're here to alchemize, that you're here to change. Mm -hmm. So it's not even like it is. I love this phrase drama to dharma, but it's actually also like your drama moving into just sacred drama. You're just having more sovereignty over the drama that you do have more (laughs) of a container for your drama. Cause it's not that it goes away. Like, I mean, if anything, like when you start to train your dramatic nature, you have even more drama. It's just within your grasp. You see it. You're Mm. aware of it. It's sacred drama. It's sacred Mm. theater. You're creating out of your drama. So it's, it's really one of the most life-changing things I could, I can ever, like, I just can't even like imagine not having this tool anymore in relationship Mm. because we're going to be triggered until the day that we die. We're always going to have triggers. The goal is not to get rid of the triggers. The goal is to use those triggers to find the archetypes, the flavors, the essences that are within that don't have a voice to make an actual piece of art with it whether it's a a a song a haiku a skit 15 giffies that you send in a row to your beloved a little scavenger hunt that you put on a little um like uh like a little what's it called a a kit like not not like a safety kit but like i've one time had a client send her beloved a a little like package a I love you package to help him with his temper tantrums that he has. <laughs> so like there's all these little ways that we can create art that actually create a bridge of love, of more intimacy to flow with your beloved and at the same time express what your truth is, express what your anger is or your joy is or your grief is. Uh, your longing is and through the act of making the art you meet yourself it's not through them responding to your art in any kind of way or saying thank you or receiving you well the beautiful thing about creating art is that you are meeting you in the creation you're saying, I, I see so you, I love you. I'm here for you yeah. so much that I want to make a piece of art for you. And so you're doing that, whether you're single, whether you're in a mm-hmm. relationship, like, yeah, you're, you're mm-hmm. doing it for you. I yeah. love that. I love that because I think, you know, it's just my blinders, but when I'm watching your skits on Instagram, a lot of them have to do with partnership and making art at that point of, you know, conflict or um, like I, I was telling someone about one the other day, you know, the, the one, I think you did it like over a year ago, it was one of the original where you were um, the, the female was washing dishes and then the partner and, and she was like mad about having to wash the dishes. And then she's like, huffing and being passive aggressive and then you know you show like the man's reaction 
to that kind of energy mm-hmm. coming from the woman. And then there's this art skit where she's like, oh, and falls on the ground and like drops a dish and he runs in. He's like, oh, honey, what's wrong? <laughs> you know, And you say something clever about like the mountain of dishes or something. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, it's a laugh and he gets the point without being um, like schooled <laughs> by her. Yeah. So yeah, you. I'm I'm saying this, but if someone's never seen your Instagram skits, uh, that you like, sometimes you're you're acting and you're dressing up, and so sometimes you're like a woman, and then you put on a ball cap to mm-hmm. signify, like, okay, I'm the male partner now. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. you go back and forth. Yeah, and and something that I do want to point out as well is that the height of me making these reels, um, in this year, because I started making them in January, I'm still making them. But January to January, February, March, well, I would say, yeah, January, February, March, April, I I started to enter a relationship towards the end of, of March. Uh, Oh, wow. Okay. We really solidified it in April, but like I was pumping out five to six reels per week from January to April. I was single during that entire time. And part of how like that, like there's the art that happens in the relationships and my little videos will show you what that can look like in the relationship. But if we take a bird's eye view and pull back, my art was being single, making videos about relationships. And I was single, but I was like, I need a way to make art to be expressive about my love life and about relationships in general. So I was making all these videos while being single. And there was like, that was the art about the art as a single woman expressing how I feel about relationships. And some of the most creative things that came up for me were when I was in that time period. And when I was getting really fed up and frustrated with with the guys that I was dating or with the experiences that I was having or something that happened from five years ago that I just never got to have, I never created an outlet for it. So I was making all these videos from all these things that drove me nuts about relationships, even with like family members and between girls. Cause I have skits about girls, like being catty or life coaches. Cause I have things about life coaches that I have <laughs> resentment around. So I was just thinking, what can I create art about everything that bothers me? And that is really my, my method these days, whether it's about my personal relationship and something that comes up or something that happened years ago or something a client tells me like the mere act of making skits for me is the art. And there's something that I, I I like to talk about sometimes just to help people. I've have lists for everything, but there is a, a distinction that I like to make between the two pieces of art. There's many different kinds of art. I want to make that clear, but there's two specific types of art that I I like to separate, and that is in the moment art and after the moment art. Mm. So there's pieces of art that we can make whether or not we are in relationship that are in the moment and that kind of art is really quite simple and it has more to do with your expression and your embodiment than it has to do with your what you say or 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 any kind of like theatrical piece of art that you might want to make later 
So in the moment art, whether you're with your mother or you're with your partner, it can be something like, it doesn't always have to be funny. So it can be someone says something that hurts your feelings and you pull back your shoulders, expose your heart and you say, ouch, oh, ow. Something so simple like that. I consider that to be art. Or you, you know, there was a something that happened with my partner um, recently where we sometimes get into car arguments. And I'm really like, I get very triggered by car arguments. I do not like car arguments at all. And we've started to really talk about this. How are, what are some ways that we can really prohibit us from getting into arguments and stop them before they start rolling into a big snowball. And I created a little bit of art with him in the car when it was starting to happen. We were getting into a heated thing, talking about polarity or relationships or something. And I just like pawed at him when I, when I felt his energy building up and I was like, no, I don't want to, I don't want to fight in a car. Like I don't want to do it. And I just kind of like shriveled <laughs> up small and like pawed at him. And I was like, no, please like don't take us there. And it totally disarmed him and made him laugh mm. and open and relax. And that's something that I would consider in the moment art. It's like, you realize something is happening and you just make a face, you make a sound, you get playful, you become a kitty cat, you become a snake, you become a brat and you crush your arms and you throw a tantrum. It's very responsive to that moment. And that kind of art, I think, takes a lot of time to really be able to build your nervous system to do in the moment. Sometimes we need time to think about something that happened think about the trigger, think about, okay, here's the trigger. How do I feel? What is the other person's experience? What is my goal? And that's when we create after the moment art. And this is when we write songs, we make skits, we write poems, we create a blog specifically in devotion to our jealous bitch heart. We buy a particular outfit to go with an archetype that we want to explore we send our beloved a video of us throwing a two-minute wide open tantrum these are all after the moment pieces of art and i love 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 this kind of art because you have like a final product for it you have you have an opening you have an an invent an emotional invention And it's your unique form of expression and nobody can tell you how to do it. It's all coming from your, your artist of love within. I love this. So you're not doing this, like you are doing it to communicate because the art will communicate, but you're not doing it for an outcome relationally. Exactly. Yeah. You really, you can't. Because yeah. it's not art then. This is the thing about art. Mm. There's a there's a, comedi- uh, a comedian named J.P. Sears. I think a lot of people probably know who he is. He He's the redhead that oh, has yeah. made uh-huh. all of these parody videos. Yeah. I had him on my podcast years ago. And I remember asking him something like, how, how, how do you know that your audience, that people that find your YouTube videos will not be offended? Because he takes very serious hot topics and makes 
parodies out of them. So it's risky. And he said to me the most beautiful answer that stuck with me for, for years later, he just said, I can't, I can't determine how people are going to interpret my art because then it's not art. I have to make something, give my expression, then let it go because how people interpret it is part of the art and it's part of their own experience. So when we make things, when we send a, 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 a dance of longing to our beloved, I one time sent a, my favorite movie is, is well, one of my favorite movies is Grease. And I love Sandy and she has the song hopelessly devoted. So one time I put on my most Sandy nightgown and I recorded myself lip syncing to hopelessly devoted. And I was dancing on top of my bed and just making this whole theatrical performance. And I sent it to my partner just saying like, look at what you did to me. And, and uh, <laughs> you know, like that, if I was to like, if I was to already decide beforehand, okay, I'm going to make this video because I want to receive a very big thank you. And I want him to become my Danny in a particular way. And if he doesn't, well, then I'm never, ever, ever going to send him another video again. That art has a hook. It has a hook in it. He's going to feel it. I'm going to feel it. It's going to be leaky. In the future, if I ever send him other pieces of art, he'll feel unnatural in his response to it, wondering, is this good enough? Is my response of a thank you good enough? The whole experience becomes twisted and leaky, and there's a hook. So it's important to know that when you're making any kind of art, it is an offering. It's an offering. It's saying, this is my offering to you in devotion. Otherwise, it's obligation. They are obligated to respond a kind of way. You're obligated to send that so that you get your egoic needs met and you feel seen. You have to come to it as an offering, knowing that your gift of that art is not just for the human being you're sending it to. Or if you're single, it's not just for the people on your platform that get to read those words it's an offering to god it's an offering to the beloved with a capital b it's an offering as a human being who is divine saying look i'm a divine creature and i have divine gifts and i'm going to make something with my divine gifts using this very real human experience of anger heartache heartbreak frustration joy longing going to use that human experience to create something divine and then offer it up for anybody to interpret it the way that they want. Do you coach women and men differently in this? I mean, I'm feeling like we're alluding to a feminine devotion or like the feminine creating art, but maybe I'm wrong about that. Mm, Yes. Yes. But I, but I don't know, like my, I really, I love to teach women. That's just what I do. And and it just naturally happens because I'm always speaking from the way that you're hearing me talk now. And so women flock to me because they want to be revealing the truth of their longing and their heart in that way. And it is a very feminine essence. Longing is the feminine. It is the, that is the infinity sign of yearning being a Mm. feminine being. And for the masculine, the art will be different. It is much, in my experience, it is much more um, direct. Like if we're talking Uh about polarity, like I don't want my partner 
doing a dance of devotion for me. No, because no. <laughs> I want, I want his masculine. So for me, like I could do a five minute video or a Marco Polo where I'm just talking and expressing and sharing, here are my feelings, this is that. And I would be so pleased and fulfilled if he sent me a simple response back that was just good girl. And that was it. Like, I don't want much. I want direct. I want bold. I want it to like, oof, I want it to go deep. And for me, hearing back good girl is art. Like that to me is a kind of art, something it's when like a, a, a masculine, a primarily, primarily masculine being can learn the art of depth in mm-hmm. brevity, like how mm-hmm. they can go deep in a and short amount of time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let themselves. I think that's their art because that's not what the feminine is offering. We're offering elongation, creativity, bigness, brightness, a theater. But what the feminine wants from the masculine is not that. We want to give that. And I think that's important to to note for anyone who is in the feminine pole who wants a masculine being is that that is your role in the art realm and not to get too caught up or or like tit for tat that you think that that your partner needs to do that and maybe you need to experience it to experience someone sending you five minute dances of devotion to go oh, I don't know if I really want that yeah and no. then you can yeah, <laughs> no 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 I mean I'm maybe I'll just speak for myself it sounds like you as well but it is not it, it's for like for most feminine beings, it is in the offering that we find the most fulfillment and what we receive back in return. We want it to be present. We want it to be deep, but we don't want the same thing. I love this. Okay. So let, let's go toward uh, devotion more like feminine devotion. And I'm thinking about just the, um, all the things women carry (laughs) and carry into relationships, right? Like um, let's just stick with devotion. I have more questions, but okay. So she's in a relationship, like typical, um, you know, acts of devotion. I'm thinking of that, like the five love languages, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, we um, do something. We like do a service. We say nice things. Um, And this is like, like blowing that out of the water. This is like what wants to happen through her in her experience in her relationship. And um yeah, what what arises for you in that it's almost like an evolution of devotion. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. It's it it's an evolution and at the same time it's a returning. Because I oh, do yeah. think that I, I really feel like we're returning back to, okay, so I'll tell you about my favorite deity who, mm. who this is an, this is an ancient deity. Her name's Radha and she is the beloved of Krishna in Indian culture. So Krishna is, his name means all attractive one. And he's one of the three main male deities and Krishna is the more musical one. So Krishna 
is often playing, you'll see in photos of Krishna, he's playing a, a flute and he walks through the forest and all these women called the gopis are basically like Krishna's sacred groupies. Like they just love, <laughs> love Krishna. And it's like this giggly energy. They, they love to like play together as they all follow Krishna and they splash in the pond and they're just like yelling his name all the time. Like Krishna, Krishna, Krishna. And there's one specific gopi that Krishna really, really fell in love with and adored. And her name is Radha. And Radha is fully 110% devoted to Krishna, fully devoted, fully in love. And Krishna is fully devoted to her. And yet his nature is inherently polyamorous because God can not only belong to one, God belongs to all. And so she represents this devotional archetype where we, we have the capability to fall so deeply in love with the beloved. This can be a human beloved, or it can be the beloved with a capital B knowing that the beloved is for everybody. And I'm not saying that on an earthly, on the earthly realm, polyamory is the way I am very monogamous, but I love Radha because she symbolizes the embodiment of being fully in devotion to one and also being in fully devotion to that one, taking on that sacred responsibility of creating art out of her pain that the one is not always with her. So she's this beautiful embodiment of someone who is devoted in love, uh, being seen, being taken care of. Krishna loves her. Krishna sleeps with her, adores her, but also she's having to constantly make art out of her longing. She's expressing her pain. Sometimes whenever Krishna um, she'll stay up at, she'll stay up waiting for him. And if, if Krishna doesn't come back to her at the time that she wants, when he finally does come to her, she'll cross her arms and become like mm, kind of a brat. She'll just be like, no. And then they tussle together. They kind of play together. Like he, he loves this game with her, of her expressing her, her pain and her grief. And she enjoys a bit of this game as well of then withholding in a playful way from him then they tussle, they do a dance off, and then they fall into bed together. And then just to repeat it all over again. So Radha really owns her responsibility of being in devotion and being in longing. She takes on that role. She wants that role because she has no other way she'd rather live than be fully devoted and fully in all of her emotion. She is a bhakti mm. at heart, which means she, her path of love includes engaging all of the senses rather than turning off the senses like many you know buddhist meditations are all about emptying out bhakti and radha and krishna are all about feeling everything krishna is an artist he plays the flute radha is also an artist in her many ways ex particularly with expression with with emoting with longing with grieving with crying with being in ecstatic states of joy and just her her path is that of love and all the different forms that it comes with. And I think that many there are many archetypes and goddesses and deities that reflect this kind of, of devotion. But I do think for sure 
modern human beings are just now evolving into this probably maybe not just now because thousands of years ago this was the way it was it was very sacred and and very fully embodied but modern day to day we've learned all of these mechanisms to close and to withhold and to hide and they're so deep mm-hmm. so deep these these patterns in our body of the ways we try to protect ourselves so for us it definitely is an evolution and also it is this misremembering I love that. Thank you for all of that example. And um, yeah, that archetypal energetic explained, that's really helpful. And so what I'm thinking about are, um, you know, modern day relationships and I coach couples and oftentimes um, a dynamic, I coach couples who are like awakening together. And, you know, there's a lot of excitement in that. And there's also a lot of, you have to navigate a lot of old pain points and triggers and traumas and heal alongside each other and all of that. And one really common thing that I see is a desire for safety, right? Like when you start to crack open, like in a spiritual awakening or something like that, Um, and, and these traumas and triggers are coming, you really desire, um, you had mentioned the nervous system earlier. And so, you know, the nervous system is going into fight, flight, freeze and, and people desire safety. And then energetically, I'm just feeling into the contrast of that and how that would, it really locks things down. Um, like there's a right way and a wrong way of doing things. And, you know, did someone say something to trigger the other person? And are we creating a safe environment um, versus like moving out of that desire for like safety as, as the thing, you know, if we, if you want to move to conscious relating, we've got to get out of like the, the trauma association and the nervous system needs to be, yes, like safe enough to open, right? Mm-hmm. So um, maybe speak to that that path or how you acknowledge that. Like if if someone's really having a trigger, it would be something that they would need to really practice. You said this, but practice and kind of train themselves into the uh, capacity to make art and not just kind of go into safety mode and, and kind of, you know, governing the other person, right? Like a lot of women are awakening emotionally, like, oh, I have this range of emotions. And then they want the men to sit and hear about that all (laughs) or be able to have that same conversation with them or you know like they're trying to entrain men sort of into some of that heady like emotional language as a way of um relating and Mm. so can you just take us from like uh, that's pretty common can you take us from that into what you're talking about and maybe what what that looks like for a modern woman who might want to start to practice this. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a couple things coming up in no particular order. These are all just some like ideas and, and, and pillars one could say of, of this kind of lifestyle. Um, 
One of them, I think one of the most, the first most important thing to understand is that oftentimes we are, we are very safe. We may not feel safe because that is a very common phrase that we hear quite often. I think we're all just getting really comfortable with it. I don't feel safe. And, and that's okay. It's okay if you don't feel safe. But what I do want to point out, a reframe, is that it is safe to feel. And that is one of the biggest switches for most modern human beings is the distinction between I don't feel safe and is it safe to feel. That's awesome. I love that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's super helpful. Um, I And I, th- I think that if we can start there and we can start realizing that actually feeling whatever is coming up is safe. And not only that, it is our responsibility as human beings to take back our right to feel feelings fully. Then we can start making art from there. And then we don't need another's validation quite as much. So mm-hmm. oftentimes we try, I'm saying we, but I just, you know, not we, but people try to get someone to do something or not do something so that they don't have to feel a feeling. Yeah. Right. So please don't go out to business. Don't go out partner. Please don't go out to have drinks with your group of business friends. And you ask that question, please don't go do that because you don't want to feel the feeling that you might have when they do go do that. You don't want to feel your own lack of trust. You don't want to feel your own fear that this person is cheating on you. You don't want to feel worry. So you try to just make these band-aid surface level requests that try to create these rules like don't do this, respond Mm -hmm. to my pain in this way, do it this way, don't do that, do this because you don't want to merely feel what's underneath that. You just don't want to feel it. And so I think it's really valuable to start taking stock in all the ways you try to avoid feeling a feeling by getting somebody else to do something, by um, by processing as well. Like if I can just process this with mm-hmm. my partner, process my feelings for like a full day until it's understood by both of us, mm-hmm. then I'll feel better. It won't happen. It won't give it to you the way that you want. The only answer really truly is to feel what you're feeling. Mm -hmm. And that kind of brings me full circle to creating art in your relationships. Because for me, that's my favorite way to feel it is to make something out of it. I and you and everybody can, can get in bed and put on to build a home saddest song ever and cry in the sheets and just like open and say, God, why, why, why? Like we can do that. I love this too. Or getting on a sheepskin and turning off the lights and like moving your, your, your body to um, Max Richter, which is also the most devastatingly heartbreaking music. We can do this and it's really helpful to move emotions through the body. And I did that for five years in some trainings and, and groups of, of embodied relationship. And, and I liked it and it's really served me, but it wasn't until I started doing what I'm doing now. And I've started teaching that I realized, Oh, this was the piece. This was the piece for me is making something out of it, not just feeling it, making it. So the first pillar is to feel it, know that you are safe to feel, get in the bed, cry, 
move your body, throw a temper tantrum, write a letter to your mom that you never wrote, do all those things to start feeling. And then you could start creating some art from that space. Um, I, I also want to, and I also really want to point out that my, my relationship really values polarization. We really value using as much of our time to be in a polarized state, meaning he is in the masculine, I am in the feminine. It is not always that is unrealistic to expect, but it's almost like there's um there's a little bit of a thermometer within each of us that are like, okay, how much time have we spent doing the, like, you know, doing watching TV together or processing together, or we don't even work out together because there are certain things that are inherently depolarizing. And we just don't want to do a whole bunch of that. That's, mm. that is valuable time we could save so that we're not depolarizing a relationship all the time. And I think that's a huge mistake. A lot of couples make is that they start to do everything together. They work out together, they eat together, they take their walks together, they do their work together, they go to the gym together, they process together, they have therapy together. Being together and doing the same thing is inherently depolarizing because you're no longer doing the opposite. You're doing the same. And polarity is all about how can we create opposition in our life so that there is a sexual spark again. And I'm saying this for all the women because to some extent, yes, it is good for processing to happen. And also it can be very harmful to your polarity if you're constantly trying to get your partner to process with you and -hmm. understand you. Because yeah. it's it's creating more of same, same rather than oppositions. You're actually not getting what you want. You don't want him to fully understand. You want him to take you fucking deep. You want him to yeah. take you deep. You want to feel polarized. You want to feel his presence, his consciousness, his depth. And it's kind of sucking that chi out of him when he feels he has to fully process all the time with you. And that's why I'm pointing that out because it might be working against you. And what will work for you is to have more container, more tight container for that processing, and then do your work outside of it without him having to fully understand what you're doing. I love that. Thank you so much. Hmm. Okay. So I kind of want to ask you, I'm like, can we use me as an example so people can hear (laughs) how you would advise? Um, And now that I said that, I'm like, oh shit, do I really want to do this? But um, so, but, but I kind of do. So will you kind of give me some feedback so people can hear like how you would um, coach a woman to get into the creativity a little bit more? Is that okay? You want to kind of play that yeah, way? Yeah, <laughs> sure. Okay. All right. So um, painting my picture here, um, you know, I'm the only adult in this house. So I wear a lot of feminine and masculine uh, hats here and parent an almost 13-year-old. And I have three pets, actually. I have a puppy um, and two cats. And so there's a lot of like things to do to take care of the house right? 
And so things like um, getting into my feminine essence, like I need to make time for that. I um, like dance at night or do certain types of exercises while my kid's at school, that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Take baths, you know, when he's like at his dad's house, I I go deeper. Um, But I also run a business. And so there's a lot of... um, production. And I don't like to be in the production energy. Like I only, I'm a projector in human design. So I want to be creating when the spark is there. And if the spark is not there and I'm forcing anything, it feels like nails on the chalkboard. It's like my feminine system is like, no, but, um, one thing that I really desire to be doing is writing complete books. And I feel like people are going to get pretty annoyed with me maybe because I, I also, this is like the area that I stop myself. But when I was exploring this like creativity, you know, in the past couple of months, primarily because of your work, I was, well, and it really aligned with where I was archetypally and, and with my relationship to like the divine beloved and and my femininity and him holding space for me and that kind of thing. And so um I needed to allow the space and time for that like for that beloved to let me go deep. Like I needed to let myself go deep and trust that holy beloved. Um and then I started to, you know, play guitar and there was like one song that I would sing and then my child actually was like please don't ever stop singing like this is so good mm-hmm. but it was it's the feeling like when my voice is completely uninhibited um in the song that I was playing on guitar and it's the feeling of like when I let myself go deep with the writing and I create a full chapter and I don't know how it just happened, except that it was a dance with the divine Mm -hmm. Um, or like my other medium has been um, like fabric and, and like piecing things together. So like the cutting and the creation of things Um, going deep with that. Like, it's just, it's that depth of art that, I realize I I rarely let myself go to in the past few years as I've been like parenting, building a thing. Um, so I guess the question, you know, any any feedback or like anything you hear, I'm open to or questioning, I'm open to. But is that what you would recommend that women like start to play, or is it? I guess what I'm hearing is like in response to the emotions, maybe that's the piece that I have really been missing. Like I'm still trying to write the books because something calls me to write the books. Like I'm not writing the books in response to emotion. Mm, you sure? Cause it might be, it just might not be a reactive emotion, but it might still be I mean, you have feelings within, we, we, you are the feminine, you know, you have feelings and, and something that's pulling you emotionally to share it with the world, I imagine. When yeah, I think emotions. one of the reasons that I actually feel I stop myself with the books is when it, again, when it feels like production, you know, when I'm, mm-hmm. when I'm like, I have to get this done, that's where I really struggle to create. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and so it sounds like maybe, maybe I'm answering my own question, but mm-hmm. like getting into the emotion in like in the process of creating the space for creativity. For me, it is always about the emotion. I can't produce unless I have emotion backing it up. Or I guess mm. I can, but it's without it's without my emotion. And anything without my emotion is without me. You know, it's just typical Rada kinds of kind of um perspective is that everything is fueled with that kind of everything is fueled with some kind of emotion that I do. Mm. The relationship that I'm in and how I behave and how I arrive, it's with emotion. It's with devotion, with love or with anger or with grief or fear or hopelessness or joy, euphoria. And the videos that I make, the minute I start feeling like I have to make videos, I'm going to kind of drag my feet. They might be good, but they're not, they don't have the same oomph. And I think that's okay. I think our emotion is our North Star. And mm-hmm. we want to find, we, w- we want to locate what the emotion is and then locate within ourselves what wants to be born from that emotion. And I think your books can overlap with that. And mm. it, for me personally, because I've written a couple books and I've written books that have not gone anywhere yet. Um, but w- when I, when I feel, when I feel, when I follow the thread of the feeling, the deadlines or the productivity that I set for myself, I actually enjoy. Cause I'm like, Ooh, yeah, I'm going to write about grief and heartache with the beloved. And I want to get it all done today. And it's like, I got to share this message about heartache because I love it. And I can't wait to be done today. Cause I'm going to have a full creative chapter. It's going to be an invention that I made that wasn't here at 8am this morning. And that actually gets me really excited to know that within 12 hours, I could have a whole chapter ready on something that didn't exist 12 hours before. And so there's something around that piece that I, it's like emotion meets that masculine structure better. We can create what it is that we want to create when we really have the fuel behind it, the feeling, the depth within. Thank you. Yeah. I'm self-reflecting here and I'm definitely going to play with that. And um, yeah, there's, there's something about like what you said about um, Buddhism and neutrality and um, yeah, just like getting used to carrying so much. I think like I've gotten into some of those habits that's like, okay, just, just gotta, just gotta do the thing, right? Like Monday morning, got to make the breakfast and take the kid to school, you know? And, and so like bringing back the emotion to, um, to things that I have even like, you know, things that have hurt or, you know, if we, Mm -hmm. if we don't acknowledge those things, then, then the longing can't really um, be acknowledged either. And so, yeah, like that's what I'm going to play with. That's what I'm taking away is like how, um, how much am I allowing myself to feel the emotions and what happens when I allow that more instead of, you know, being stoic yeah. or being neutral um, just because exactly. I can be. Yeah. 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 Beautiful. Very cool. Yes. So what are you up to these days? You're, you have a love, you haven't revealed who this is yet. <laughs> I don't think on your stories. It's like, 
his little faces. So like he's on a rock and you're like, I love this man, but he, there's like a heart over his face. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there's we, no reveal. Huh? There's not. No, no, no. There's not a reveal. We're not going to, we don't know when we're going to say we're going to reveal each other's faces. Um, we're pretty, we've been together since March. So it's been pretty private and it feels, feels healthy. It feels good feels nice. I, I kind of like yeah. it. I like being being able to say my partner and I, blah, 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 and share examples of things without people knowing who it is. It gives me yeah. more freedom to use examples because if people know who he is and then all of a sudden there's just a, like, when I use these examples, they know exactly who I'm talking about and it feels like there's less privacy in that way. Yeah. Yeah. You're and just I, like opening like up being, your relationship. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. So yeah. we keep that private, but um yeah yeah it's juicy it's really beautiful it's really challenging oh, so in all the right ways you. thank oh, you good yeah I'm so happy for you and um yeah you moved to LA and you you're doing the um acting on the internet like how how is life and what is new for you and what are you creating in your business like just tell us what's alive for you hmm. well I am um I right now am really excited because I've I, I'm getting very clear on what I'm going to be offering in 2022. And mm. I am moving away from private coaching. I'm only going to take on maybe two private clients throughout the entire year. And wow. everything else I do will be groups. So I have an advanced practice group that's a really deep dive with only 16 to 18 women called Creativity and Love. And it's all about what we're talking about, about how to be creative in love, but so much more than that. Like it's, it's really around finding the pieces of your expression and embodiment that have been repressed since you were a child and having yeah. a space for it to be fully seen and, and guided in, into being, having it seen. And that's my deepest container, but I also have a new one called the temple and I just mm. announced it yesterday. So I am really looking forward to this because the temple is like this, it's this mid-level space that people can enter um, for 2022 to work on creative intimacy. It's nine months long. Um, There isn't a cap on on the amount of people that can be in it, but I will have a masterclass each month as well as office hours each month. So there will be personal time to be with me and get questions answered. And that space feels really sacred. It's going to be all about creativity and, and, and love and creative artistry um, through many different layers, like how to work with jealousy, how to work with longing, how to reveal as a feminine being, even though I'm also letting men into the space, there also be mm. work on the masculine. So that's really what I'm up to. I'm like relaunching my website. I've got these programs. I'm um, in, yeah, in LA and and really like just holding spaces, really holding sacred spaces and loving these containers that are being created and just really feeling in my, in my, in my essence on what I'm teaching. Like this feels more me than anything mm. I've ever taught before. And that feels really, really amazing. Mm, beautiful. Yeah. I, I mean, it's certainly your signature, you know, your mm. essence. Um, yes. You. So thank you for shining. Yeah. The temple. Mm-hmm. That's really powerful. Mm. 
Thank you. I, I love, I love it. I'm so excited. So <laughs> I love it. Well, Maddie, thank you for coming back to the podcast. Thank you for sharing about the art. Is there anything else that just wants to be expressed before mm-hmm. we conclude? Just a thank you. Thank you for bringing me back on. Thank you for all the work that you, that you do. I love the emphasis that you, that you put from what I see on on women like really reclaiming their own masculine within and providing for themselves that that safety and structure and I really I really love that and, and it's been a it's been a pleasure to come back onto your show and, and talk about these really fun topics so thank you thank you yes this like masculine and women and masculine our relationship to masculine to like all things mm-hmm. masculine that feels to be um more of my signature Mm -hmm. that is coming forward. And, um, and so the next offering that I'm bringing forward as well is um, a deep dive into like really healing, you know, even energetically um, just like it's a priestess temple as well. um, Healing the relationship to the masculine and um, yeah, there's, there's so much beauty when we bring that relationship home and like open up our heart again to that. So thank you for, thank you for shining in the ways that you shine in the world. And um, yeah, we're, we're doing it and we're going to heal these spaces between masculine and feminine and women and men. And uh, thanks for inspiring some fun. (laughs) Yeah, my pleasure. Thank you so much. Yeah, yeah. There is a call inside of women to be in community again. You have been doing so much personal healing work, so much introspection out there on your own, and now you're ready to step into space with others. I feel it too. If you want sacred space that welcomes modern women as they are, that integrates masculine energy with the feminine energy, In other words, it's not just a goddess feminine circle. It's a circle of women coming back into union and unity. Then the sacred remembering membership is for you. Think of it as a sacred feminine church meets educational library, meets instructional energetic practices, meets healing circle. It's all there and it's all in community. I have pulled together multiple groups of women in the past three years, and what I can tell you is this. There is always purpose and magic to who gathers and why. We are soul family, truly. If you're listening to this, you're soul family. And so the Sacred Remembering Membership Community is the next space to step into that tribe, and you're so welcome here. The membership includes an archive of resources, channeled content, teachings, energy activations, and so much more. My three published ebooks are in this archive, the Divine Mother Architectural Series, my Healing Man and Money Trauma Teachings, and more. Also included are live calls twice a month, bonus calls, and interviews with experts. And perhaps the best part, there is a Mighty Networks community where you get to meet one another, share out what you do, ask for help, seek sister guidance, etc, etc. This is for you. I have created it for you, for us. You can join today and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next live call. You can go to sarahpoet.com, find the group, 
and sign up. And we'll see you soon. This is Sarah Poet of Embodied Breath, and thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I'm curious, what was your biggest takeaway? Remember that you are not alone on the sacred path, and women are rising now together. You can visit my website, sarahpoet.com, for more tools and inspiration to support your sacred remembering path. Please be sure to check the show notes, subscribe to this podcast, share with a friend, and leave us a review wherever you listen to podcasts. I love to hear from you. Stay connected, and here's to your path of sacred remembering.